Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. This morning, as we keep talking about um, how and why we care for others from the river, as the river, we look at the blueprints of our ministry. We've talked about uh, the way we care for other people. We've talked about how important it is for us to act. I mean, there is no guarantee for tomorrow, and so we have to act as a church. And then today, I want us to look at uh, Matthew 5 together, how important it is that we reach our world. And this is the way God set up the system for us to be instrumental and important in reaching our world. Um, This last weekend, or this last week, um, I got to go to a place where there were no lost people at all. Um, I went to Uh, the mountains in Colorado, and there was hardly anybody, nobody around. In fact, Wednesday morning, I left camp. Um, I had gone to sleep about 8 p.m. the night before. (laughs) That was nice. And and I woke up Wednesday morning, couldn't sleep about 4 a.m. So I just packed up uh, the, the Jeep and camp, and I drove down off of the mountain. I camped at about 11,000 feet, drove down the mountain and drove into a little town called Tin Cup. You know where Tin Cup is? You ever been to Tin Cup? You haven't been to Tin Cup, right? It's not Denver. We I go down into Tin Cup and then I go over to Cottonwood Pass. You know where Cottonwood Pass is? No. Okay. It doesn't matter. I go up Cottonwood Pass to get out of the mountains I go back down the other side of Cottonwood Pass. I had been driving for over an hour and a half before I ever saw another human being. (laughs) It was nice. It was really nice. And in fact, I drove for two hours before the sun ever came up. It was nice. And up in that place, up in the mountain there, man, I just got to spend time alone with God. I went specifically for the purpose of spending time alone, not ministry, not dogs, not food, not traffic, not anything, just time alone with God. You may not get that privilege. Uh, I I get that. Um, But if you ever do have an opportunity, I highly encourage it. I can tell you this right now, where I was Not only did I hear from God, but my soul was stirred and convicted and impacted about things in my own life where I just, I got to, on behalf of all of us as a river, just hear from God and the way it's going to impact us going forward. I can't wait to share with you all the things that God showed me. It's going to be amazing. But here's what I will say about those great places where there are lost people. 
like Costa Rica, Greece, or Turkey, or wherever God takes us. We as a church are going to go and we're going to take the gospel to other places. It's who we are. And we're not just going to do that in faraway places. We get to do that right here where we are. The people that you work with, that you live next to, the places you go, the grocery store, gas station, they all need to see the light and the love of Jesus Christ. And you are God's plan A for that. You are the one God has chosen for that. And that may be really hard for you to believe, but I promise you, you are what God has chosen. You are the plan God has made for people to hear about Jesus. It's through you. This is what reaching our world, outreach, is all about. We don't just meet needs for people, but we will. We want to feed people. We want to glove cold kids. We want to prayer walk. And we want to help people pay utilities from time to time when that happens. We want to be used by God. Open the doors and go out of our doors to take the Gospel, to be the Gospel in the world. That's what reaching our world is all about. It's not just being nice, kind people, or a good church. It's about showing the love of Christ. You know who Martin Luther is? Not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther, the architect of the Protestant Reformation. It's why you know we don't pray to uh, Pope or Mary or whatever. Not, not bashing any of that. But the reason we worship the way we do here as Protestant Christians is because of Martin Luther who said we worship a God who has told us only Scripture, only faith, only grace, only Christ, only the glory of God. We don't bow down or worship or glorify Rome. We worship a God who is worthy of our praise. And when he did that, he also said, good works do not make a good man. But a good man does good works. God has called you and me to do good for other people. God has created you and me as His children to do something for others that maybe they can't do for themselves. And it's all for the purpose of giving the glory to God, of exposing Jesus to the world. We do good things for others because Jesus has done so much good for us. And that means you, teenagers. That means you, college students. That means you, employer, employee, children. We are called to be the salt and light of the world to do good works. Now, you may be afraid you're not good enough to do good in Jesus' name. I get that. You may be afraid that you can't even do good works. You're not sure exactly what that looks like or that you're worthy. But let me challenge you with this. Do not ever ever, ever be afraid to let God do something good and great through you. Allow Him to stir in your heart and move in your life to be used by Him to accomplish great things for you. You will never need more 
in your life, you will never need to be a good person or know how to do good works. You will never need more than the call and the promises that God delivers on your life, in your life, to do good for Him. It's God who said, you are worthy. Not because of anything you have done, but because of what I have done and who I am. God says, you are good because I made you right with myself. Don't be afraid. Don't live in fear. We're going to talk about that more in in just a little bit. Let me share Psalm 126.3 as we get ready to dive into Matthew 5. Psalm 126.3 says, The Lord has done great things for us, and we will be glad. What does that mean to be glad? It means that we have a great high privilege to be used by God not because we are capable of anything, but because He has done great things for us. And when that gets on the inside of us, we can't help but let it out. Why? Because we want the rest of the world to know our God is great. I am not. Our God is great. He is worthy. I am not. But He is. He will carry you, sustain you, fight for you, do good through you. The call to be a pastor of any sort is um, on its best day a great privilege and responsibility. And on its worst day, it is a heavy load. It just is what it is. And I'll tell you why. It's not because of the ministry. It's not because of the work. It's not because of the way we love. It's because I know in my own life in the secret places of my heart and my life, I am not worthy of this. I'm just not. But I'll tell you that Jesus Christ made us worthy to do this. Jesus Christ set us apart. We are now the righteousness of God. It's His mercies, right? The calling to be holy as He is holy is absolutely ridiculous in the human mind. But when Jesus Christ is in your heart and the Holy Spirit is indwelling you and filling you and empowering you and moving you, we have no other option but to serve that God because He set you apart. He made you righteous and He made you holy. Not because of anything you've done, but all because of what He's done. Philippians 2.13 For it is God who works in you both to will and act according to His good pleasure. Ephesians 2 For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God so that no one can boast. But not only do we not boast, we get to celebrate and rejoice that God is working in you. So when you go to work, when you go home, and your children are being spoiled brats, and your, and your neighbors are being jerks, right? And people on the highway are complete idiots, right? All of these worlds that we live in. It is God in us that shows love. We're not doing this because they deserve it or because we're worthy. Does that make sense? This is why the call to reach our world is so crucial. Pastor Tory, come up here and help me. We could argue that there is no greater calling as a child of God than to be the hands and the feet 
of Jesus. Think about that. It's not enough just to come worship, is it? It's not enough just to serve or do good things or go to Bible study or life group or send your kid to the church on Wednesday night so that you can get a breath. It's not enough. We have a great privilege and responsibility to serve God with our lives because it's a great joy, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's such yeah. a joy. And Tori, you, you kind of champion this world for us. Talk to us a little bit about reaching our community, our world looks like for you. Okay, so he's saying I'm head of outreach. And so is what that kind of has looked like in the past is I read a few books and I read about different churches that were successful. And is what they saw is um, the city officials were getting phone calls about them parking and messing up the streets. So they're getting complaints about the church. And so they started meeting with these city officials and saying, what do you need? How can we serve you? And they ended up putting tires on all of their vehicles. And so I just kind of read this and I was like, how can we as a church mimic that? And so about three years ago, we started Impact. And so what I did is I went and sat down with Coach Coffey, our city manager, and I said, how can we help you? There was a major ice storm. Do y'all remember that? And um, he's like, no, they don't have ice. (laughs) And so there was tree branches everywhere. The city said, hey, we're going to come pick them up. And they did. And then some people kept putting tree branches out. And then they got very angry at the city. And so we came along and we partnered with all of our local churches. And because here's the deal. They're Jesus, teaching Jesus on this morning, and we're teaching Jesus. Mm -hmm. They're teaching Jesus right over there on Sunday morning, and they're teaching Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we're all the same. We just might have louder music here. So, but anyways, so we partnered with all the churches. We got together on one Saturday and we had impact. And then we said we were for Panhandle. We don't have a church logo on this shirt, nothing. We all got together and we went in and we helped our community officials. And then the next year we did that again, but it looked a little different. And because of COVID, we had a lot of widows in our community and we had a lot of widows who had needs that they couldn't handle on their own. And so we got with a group hugs and we sat down and we got a list of widows and we went to their houses and we cleaned up their yards and we went to Silverleaf. And um, Silverleaf is a, um, a community right out here in our town. And it's been slowly bringing in some, some low economic economic. And so they get food stamps, but they don't have money to buy laundry detergent. So we gave every single one of them laundry detergent. All the churches came together. And so I I just go and sit with the city officials and I say, how can we help you? I sit with our local, like our police and say, how can we help you? Because we should be what he's talking about, the salt. We should be the light. And when people see the river They should say, we need that church, Mm -hmm. not that that church is like a complaint, you know, like I was talking about in that book that I read, and not that that's been said about it, but we need to be needed in our community, and we need to be light. You know, like he was talking about um, Matthew 5, and it's talking about that you are the salt, and if you sit down with our family for lunch, we're going to put salt on our chips. I don't know if that offends y'all, and then we're going to put salt in the hot sauce, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we really like our salt. And some of you really like your salt too. And that's what we should be. We should be in this community what people love. They're like, oh, you're from the river. And they're excited about who we are. And it doesn't really matter what church we are from. Right. But we should, we sh- they should know we're a Christian because of 
how we reach out into our community. And so we started that impact weekend, and then he talked about gloving. Um, this is like the sweetest thing ever. I was a, um, my mom was a single mom, grew up here in Panhandle with three little girls, and there was this little club called the Antigone Club here in Panhandle. And this sweet little group of ladies, there's one of them in here today, they would get together and they would send gloves to the school. And it sounds so stupid or small or little, but when you are a little kid and you don't have anything and someone gives you something, you hold on to that and you remember it because it's a gift and gifts are very special. And so our church lays these gloves and hats up here and we come up and we pray over them and then we take them to that school and it seems so little but I'm 40 years old standing up here crying about gloves. <laughs> so it means so much. It, and it's touching. It's telling our community. It's telling we're low economic. We're a Title I elementary. And, and we're touching our school. We're saying we see you. We see the needs. And we care about them. And then here's the deal. They're calling Pastor Brent or maybe I or maybe you. And they're saying, we have this need. Can you help us? Mm-hmm. Because they've seen us reach into that community. They've seen what we've done. And then another thing that we've done is we've just, we've given um, all of our local officers, y'all might not know this, right before Christmas, we gave them all $50 cards to Brick Street. We said, you leave your families in the middle of the night for us, for Panhandle, for our community to take care of us and protect us. Go spend time with your family on our dime. And we do stuff like that a lot where we're saying, We see you and we thank you for loving Panhandle. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a little bit of the vision of some different things that we do do. No, it's great. Stay up here with me, Tori. So Jesus said it this way, Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. No, most people don't just enjoy salt by itself. Unless you're four years old and you lick the salt shaker at the restaurant, right? But what we enjoy is what it does to the things that we do eat and we do enjoy. We love the way it makes those things savory, more savory. Now, in an unsavory world, Jesus is saying to you and me, be that. Be savor. Be savory in an unsavory world. Because it's dulled its vision and its sight and its understanding of who God is. People have been dulled in their understanding of the nature, the heart, the character of God. Sin has left left their bodies, their minds, their hearts, and their mouths complete, completely lost and confused about how good and pleasant and wonderful and beautiful and tasteful God's love is. That's the way of the world. And so he said, you, me, us, we are supposed to be that salt, to be savory in an un savory world. And so as we think about what it means to be salt, we, I think, about the phrase salt of the earth. I think about the way that gets used about people like, like good old boys. We have a few of those around here, don't we? 
good people, good ladies, salt of the earth kind of people. What does that look like? I want to share just a few words. Like, how do we define that? Salt of the earth is not just good old boy. It's somebody who exercises humility, who lays themselves down before God and others and just says, I, I'm not puffed up. I'm not proud. I, I just am here to serve, to be a good person, to do the best I know how, to be kind, compassionate, humility. It's also a person who exercises self-denial. They, they're not just here to get all they can get, but they, they say, I, I'm, I'm going to deny myself in order to be able to care for, to meet needs, to serve, and to notice other people. It's not only self-denial, it's sacrifice. I'm willing to give up what I have so that others' needs might be met. Humility, self-denial, sacrifice. These sounds like great qualities, great character, right? Uh, fourth one is salt of the earth is a person who has a passion for Jesus. So it's not just someone who does good things. But what Jesus meant by salt of the earth is it's the kind of person who sees and loves Him and wants to follow Him with their life. And then the last one, there's more, but is someone who just pays attention to others. Watch this. They don't hear about needs and they respond. They do that. But they see the needs of other people's lives. They see needs in others and they say, man, I notice you. And not just notice, we want to do something about it. Right? So the last few weeks we shared with you guys about we love our teachers. We love teachers and we want to meet needs for them. And and we invited you to give some Amazon gift cards just to help them do that. Well, Maybe we didn't get as many as we wanted, but we're going we're gonna to do that. We're just going to provide those for all of our teachers. But watch this. Whether you went and bought an Amazon gift card or not, if you give faithfully to God through your tithes and offerings, God puts it on your heart to contribute to ministry, to the need of others, to the advance of the gospel by giving through the local church you are going to meet a need for those teachers. So you are a part of life-giving, care-giving need for people. And so Tori said, you know what? Our teachers just need help because it's expensive to outfit a classroom. She paid attention to others. And then we get to all be a part of that together. And so we want to challenge you to notice the needs in others, to be salt in an unsavory world, to notice when people have needs. Not just physical needs, but spiritual needs. Emotional needs. And let's do everything we can to help those people meet those needs. Let's go on to Matthew 5. Is that okay? Do you have anything else there? No, go. that's good. Okay. Matthew 5. Let's look at verse 14. Not only are you the salt, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all of the house. Light breaks through the darkness. 
You can bring all the darkness you want into a place where there is no light and you cannot stop the light. But where there is darkness, you can bring the tiniest amount of light and it changes the darkness. You with me? So in the world we live in that is full of darkness, it's full of unsavory. It is darkness for most people. Just a little, tiny, smallest portion of light changes the dynamic of the darkness. It just lights it up. The world is addicted to stars, isn't it? And I mean that in in more than one way. Celebrities, but also just the awesomeness of the sky. We love just looking up. When I was at 11,500 feet on Cumberland Pass, I'm telling you right now, you've not seen stars like that. Right? You see the Milky Way. Right? We love that kind of thing. Jesus Christ has called you and me to be stars in the universe. You are stars in the universe. Why? Because you are a little bit of light. The darkness, space, it doesn't even know it's dark. The universe does not know it's dark. But every one of those little lights makes such a difference for us in the way we see the darkness. The salt and the light should change the way we see our world. We are called to be a light in the world. You are not called to just survive. You're not just making ends meet. Sometimes it feels like that. You are called to be the heart and the breath and the eyes and the light of heaven in this world. And it shatters the darkness, not because of anything you do, but because of what God will do through you. You have anything to say about that? I just think that's so good because um, I, I like how he's challenging all of us to be the salt and light. It's not about the blueprint of just what the church does, but it's about who we are and who God says we are, who the Word of God says we are. Um, but I just love how he's talking about the darkness and the light because some of you sitting here right now might be like, Pastor Brent, I'm going to a tough spot. And you might even say the words, I'm in a dark place. And the Lord says, you are light. So you have light in you, and it might seem dark around you, but he said the word to you, you are light. And so that challenge now is, Lord, help me to be light in the place I am. And it's shifting your focus of, instead of I'm in a dark spot, of, Lord, remind me the light I am. Because when we wake up in the morning and we say, Lord, what do you have for me today? Lord, who do you want me to love today? Your, percep- your perception and your focus is not on you and what's going on in you. It's shifting totally. And it's focused on the Lord. And it's, it's also reminding you, I'm light. I'm light. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm light. I'm light. I'm light. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the people that are the brightest light are going through the toughest things. And they don't show you and tell you. And they're just loving because of, they know, like what he was talking about, we don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so when you know that song, oh, how he loves us, and you really know the love, you just want to push it on everyone else mm-hmm. in a very nice way. <laughs> you want to say, you just want to be like, 
oh, just this is too much. You love me too much, Lord. And you're just trying to, you know, just push it to everyone because you want everyone to know how much the Lord loves. And it's not just you, how much he loves everyone. And when you start to shift your focus and you realize you're the light and that love, it is just flowing. That light just gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And that's who you are at your job. That's who you are in your house when you're washing dishes, standing by the sink. You're that light. You're that light. You know what the darkness looks like? We don't have to spend a lot of time on this. But darkness looks like things like anxiety, depression, loneliness. It looks like addiction. It looks like uh, self-justification. Not just all the negative hard things that happen to us, but when we stand before God and we go, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. It's good enough. And that's, that's a lie. Because God wants so much more for you. So it's a darkness to just self-justify the choices and the decisions that we make. It looks like flesh. We don't have to spend a lot of time here. But when we choose our flesh or the Spirit of God dwelling in us and living that way, that is darkness. And it also looks like fear. Being afraid. That is the enemy's design. That is not God's design. When the enemy approached Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, did he really say? And he struck a chord with Adam and Eve about what they were missing out on. You're missing out on something. Fear, FOMO. That darkness is what Jesus Christ came to earth to die for, to eliminate that darkness. In fact, 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love. The love of God contains no fear. Perfect love drives out fear. That's a good word, right? Jesus stepped into the darkness to shatter the darkness because he is the light. And we then as children of God are called to be the light and continue the work that Jesus started. It's why we do what we do. It's why we serve and care and notice and give and continue. It's why we worship. It's why we teach God's word. It's why we gather children and teenagers and feed them Mexican stack ups on Wednesday night. It's why we see the world around us as a place that needs the love of Jesus. And we want to be that because there's no other way to live. Let me keep going. Verse 16 of Matthew 5. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That they may see your good works and give glory to to the Father. This is the way God rigged the system. This is what God has designed for you and me. It's to be the light in the world. Not because we are the light, but because He is the light. And He uses you in a powerful way. And He makes your life different. And He takes you who maybe are unworthy and not a lot to give, don't even know what you're supposed to do. And he says, if you will just see the needs in people's lives, 
and just care for them, show them love. It'll be my love going through you to them. And then the gospel gets exposed to them because you were obedient, you were willing. And when you were obedient and willing, and they get exposed to the gospel, the Holy Spirit will never deny himself. He won't hold back. And he'll change their lives. And not only will he change their life, it's going to change your life because you just let him. What do you need us to do? Tori, how can we okay, help Okay, we have November 4th. You can get your phones out now in church. If you put that in the calendar, November 4th, this Saturday morning, we're doing our next Impact Weekend. And in, I've already sat down and met with the city officials. And is what they need right now is, I don't know if you are on Panhandle Happenings. I don't recommend it. But... Um, <laughs> If I you, do. It's so juicy. It might be. No, it's salty in a bad way. Anyways, <laughs> bad. Um, like some people are complaining about tall glass of grass and mosquitoes. Well, they were telling me that they have a lot of like elderly who cannot mow, who do not have um, lawn mowers, things like that. So it's not something where we're going to go and mow somebody's lawn who has the needs and capability, but it's what we're going to do is we're going to mow lawns and um, Sace is going to get the list together for me. We're going to go take care of those properties with the church, all the local churches. Again, I've already been visiting with Pastor Josh. Um, we'll do that. And then um, uh, Coach Coffee chased me out the door and said, can you please help with the alleys again? Because we cleaned some alleys before. <laughs> so they, they, they love our church here. And that's awesome. Because... That's what it should be. We should be the light. We should be the salt of this community. We should be the phone call to Pastor Brent, can you help us here? And it should be the phone calls to you because you are the salt and light. This person needs, you know, a hot water heater. If you get that phone call, call three people. We can do a hot water heater, three of us. I mean, not, maybe we might need five, but we can do it. And that's what Acts was in the Bible. It was the church coming together and meeting the needs, even financially, of people and taking care of their brothers and sisters and their neighbors and loving them. And that's what we're supposed to be. That's the light we're called to be. And when people see that in you, you're going to have people that are calling you and say, can, can you pray for this? Because I think, I think you'll do it. And that's who you are, and that's who you should be. And that's what Pastor Brent is saying. That's a blueprint of who we are as a body of Christ and who our church is. So we have that coming up. Um, in December, we'll do our single mom gift cards again. Um, obviously, I have a big heart for single moms. Um, and y'all poured in on that last December. Y'all gave so much money. If y'all could have been with me, wow, to give some of those mamas those cards. Wow. Wow. You know, when you knock on a single mom's door and she doesn't know you're coming and her babies are jumping on the couch doing flips and she's got three toddlers, whoa. <laughs> and you give that lady all this money and she just breaks down crying. Man, y'all have no idea what y'all do when you give to this church. We don't, we don't keep this money to we, we give. And I love Pastor Brent's heart because he, I don't know if y'all know this, I'm going to brag on him for a minute. He drove to Perryton, Texas after that tornado. And um, my family owns the pit stop, which actually had part of the roof blown off and they were a hundred yards from some really bad damage. And he drove up there and gave them Gatorades and gave them a lot of other supplies. But 
my family doesn't believe in God. My family doesn't come to church. And a pastor from Panhandle, Texas, drove to Perryton, Texas when I couldn't be there and loved all my family and took care of my family. And I've never had a pastor do that. And I know he would do that for y'all. Absolutely. But I didn't do that alone. <laughs> That's true. Right? <laughs> Spencer went with me. Brandon Plagg, Crown Supply, gave a whole bunch of stuff. So many of you gave a whole bunch of stuff, supplies, and then we just got to deliver that yeah. together. It's the little things, right? It's the little things. $15 doesn't seem like a ton of money. It, it's money. But to a single mom who has nothing extra to give, when 10 of us get together and give $15, now all of a sudden that's $150 and it's game changing. That's how that works, right? So we do this together to care for others. Here's what the light looks like, right? The light looks like the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Did I get all of them? You did. I can't remember. Galatians 5. It's, it's the little things that become big things when we do them in the name of Jesus and they become game changers for people. This is what God has called us to do together to do the little things, to care. You made a statement. I want, the community may not love us always because we might make decisions that they don't always love. It happens. But we will always love the community. And we will always be there for them, whether they want it or need it or ask for it or not. Because that's who God called us to be, the salt and the light. Are you with me? Can we do this together? We're going to reach our world for Jesus here and as far as God will let us go. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this great privilege to be salt, to be light, to be aware, to be eyes, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. God, thank you that you are working in and through us to make a difference in the world. God, I pray that you would put it on our hearts this morning not to stop at just being nice people. But that God, that your Holy Spirit would, as you dwell in us, that you would help us be eyes to see, a mouth to speak, ears to hear, to be ready. Be watchful. God, I can't help but think of Romans 8, where, where Paul declared, where you have declared for us, all creation watches, waits in eager expectation for the sons of God, the children of God, to be revealed. God, I pray that you would step into our hearts, convict us, make us ready, make us hungry to be revealed 
to the rest of creation, to be useful, to do the little things, to be your hands and feet. God, never let us stop at doing nice things, but let us do incredible things through your might, through your way. In the name of Jesus, I pray all these things. Amen. There's going to be some people in the corners of these tables. Here's what I want to invite you to do. You may go to one of those corners this morning and say, man, I I want to do more. I, I want to be useful. Come let us pray over you and ask that God would show you where you can serve, how you can be a part. Maybe this morning, you just have real questions about who Jesus is. And maybe this morning, you just want to say, I just want to know him more so that I could be his child, so that I could be used by him. So I want to honor him with my life. Come, let us share with you the good news of Jesus and help you find a path to being not just a good person, but to being his son or daughter. Let him make you great. This has been a good morning. So proud of you. So glad to be a part of the river. Will you stand? And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.